Grant, O Lord, that Thy Word only may be spoken and Thy Word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life. I am no better than my father's. This morning, my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, I want to ask a very difficult thing of you. I want you for a moment to imagine the most difficult or darkest time in your life. I want you to imagine a time when you felt hopeless, a time when you felt isolated, alone, a time when you felt all hope was lost. That's how our dear friend Elijah feels this morning. He asked that he might die, saying, It is enough. It is enough. O Lord, take away my life. Elijah's life and ministry are shrouded in mystery and intrigue. Most of the other prophets in the Old Testament have a very detailed explanation for how they got their start. We're shown something of their call. And in their call, we see the authority of God to wield the things they wield and say the things they say and do the things they do. Not so with Elijah. We don't know his biography. We don't know his backstory. Nor is there some sort of heavenly or mystical vision that we can associate with like the other prophets. Elijah has a mysterious and dangerous entry into history. First Kings chapter 17. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Elijah enters history confronting King Ahab. Elijah enters history in discord. All we know is that he comes from Tishba in Gilead. All we know is that he proclaims a drought to an evil king of Israel. Or more correctly, Elijah claims something no one claims. He claims control over the forces of nature, over rain. Now King Ahab is a cruel man who is under the thumb of his wife Jezebel. Now Jezebel was a Phoenician, a people who worshipped Baal, pagan gods. Jezebel wages war on the God of Israel. She aims and sets her mark to slaughter every prophet in Israel, every man of God in Israel. Only a few hundred escape, 
from the hand of Obadiah, a servant of of Ahab, a person, the Bible says, a man who fears God. He hides several hundred prophets in caves in the wilderness. But basically, Jezebel turns the nation of Israel pagan, brings in pagan priests, and outlaws the worship of the God of Israel in Israel. Now, it's not very hard to imagine the isolation, the despair, the fear, the hopelessness Elijah feels, his kind being hunted like dogs, his kind being outlaws on the run, his brothers and sisters and friends and family being led to slaughter. Now, the story of Elijah and Jezebel comes to a head when Elijah screws up his courage and publicly challenges Jezebel's pagan priest to a duel. We will see whose God is the true and living God. This was a duel to see whose God was most powerful, and they did so by seeing whose God could start a burnt offering, a fire under a burnt offering. They gather Jezebel's priests, prepare their burnt offering, do dances, have seances, summon songs, but no luck. Their gods do not show up to the duel to start the fire. Elijah, having his moment, rubs their noses in their false worship and their false god and their hatred, and showing the might and power of the God of Israel, pours excessive amounts of water on his burnt offering. He drowns it. He saturates it. He stands back, calls on the power of God, and a blazing fire is set to the inundated burnt offering. And in a further attempt to save Israel from the worship of false gods and to stop the slaughter, Elijah rounds up Jezebel's priest at the top of this mountain where this jewel was had. And the Israelites' prophets have come out of hiding and they kill all of Jezebel's priests. Jezebel hears about this and swears Elijah's murder. She will have her revenge. So Elijah runs for his life. And that's where we catch up with him today. Elijah is isolated. Elijah is in a desperate situation. Elijah has no answer to his problems. Elijah is alone in the wilderness. Elijah is famished, dehydrated, without hope. Elijah begs God to take his life, and he falls into a heap under a broom tree to sleep and hopefully die. It is enough. It is enough, O Lord. Take away my life. As Elijah sleeps, though, as he prays that his life will be taken from him and all this will end, there will be an answer. He will be removed from this situation. Elijah is attended to by the angels. The angels of God bring Elijah food and water. They feed Elijah. They revive his body and soul. We read, And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was in his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, else the journey will be too great for you. Elijah arose and ate and drank and went in strength, went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. 
Arise and eat. Arise and eat. It's no wonder that the fathers of the church and the church itself has looked to this story of Elijah as a foreshadowing of the Holy Eucharist. It is no wonder we read it during this Bread of Life series these last few weeks at church. It is seen as a prototype of the Holy Eucharist, of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Arise and eat. Now, think back, if you will, to your own darkest hour, to your most difficult trial and temptation. How did you meet the challenge? How did you see the day? How did you pull through? What was it that gave you the strength to make it through that dark day? We may never have war waged on us by pagan princesses. We may never have to stand up against persecution, run for our lives. We may never have to do battle with pagan priests. But I feel certain at one time or another, we will all share similar feelings to that of blessed Elijah. We will or we have all at one time or another been starving and famished starving and famished in our souls with the voracious appetite of trials and temptations and evils sucking out every ounce of energy we possess. We will or we have all at one time or another been isolated alone in the wilderness. We've been isolated from the ugliness of personal problems, domestic problems, vocational problems. We have all been isolated and alone because no one knows or knew what was really going on inside our lives. No one got it, could see us clearly. We've all been isolated at one time or another because we were misunderstood or, God forbid, unwanted. We've all perhaps felt the hopelessness of Elijah the feeling that there can be no end to our troubles, there is no answer to our dark day, that our situation is without hope, and that all is lost. So I remind you today and tell you what the angels told Elijah. Arise and eat. Arise and eat. It is God who saves us. It is God who feeds our famished souls. Jesus declares this morning in the midst of trouble, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Beloved in the Lord, Jesus gives us the food. Jesus gives us the grace. Jesus gives us the strength and the patience and the love and the joy to get through any and all situations and trials and wildernesses that life will throw at us, and it will. You are never alone in the wilderness. You are never isolated. You are never without companion or guide. You are never, ever, never without hope. We have Jesus. 
We have Jesus in our hearts in prayer. We have Jesus as a companion on our journey. And day after day, week after week, we have Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. We have the bread that gives life to the world here in this place. All we must do is arise and eat. Brothers and sisters, fear not. Despair not. Do not feel that your life or your situation is hopeless. All we must do is that which Elijah did. Arise and eat, and our souls shall never hunger nor thirst. Arise and eat, and you shall be given the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation. Arise and eat, and you shall be given food for your soul and strength for your journey. Arise and eat, and you shall be united to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.